So the last few weeks as I went to Mexico, I had previously wrote this message. And uh, it's changed four times since I went to Mexico. And in Mexico, God kind of showed me what he wanted me to speak on. So um, you will see up on the screen, you'll see a team of people um, that went to our Mexico mission trip. And you'll see some of the Mexican nationals, and then you'll see uh, the 10 people that, from our grace, from our family that went over to Qualcalco, Mexico, to do a VBS and missions for 10 days. This team of people that you see on the screen, we had a wonderful, God-moving, God-fearing trip. We connected. And when I say we connected, we, we didn't connect surface level. We connected much deeper than that. You see, we got to hear each and every night, Randy, is Randy Mitchell in here? There he is. Randy Mitchell, by the way, if you've never gone on a trip with Randy Mitchell, he does a fantastic job of leading a mission trip. So I want to give you kudos for that. But every single night we had a devotion and we would share. We'd, have, we'd read through some scriptures and then each person every single night had to, they were told, which was good, that they're at some point during the week they were going to share two transformational moments in their life and then something God has taught them throughout that week. And I will tell you, when I say we connected, it's because God moved. God used stories. God used moments. God used tears. God used laughter. God used ripping off band-aids of wounds that have not healed for many years to reveal himself in his fullness, in his beauty. We connected. This team of people experienced the fullness of Christ Jesus as he revealed himself through Mexican nationals. The young, the old, through the image of Jesus, he revealed each of, the image of Jesus was revealed in each of these faces through the transformational stories that we all shared during the week. And then God revealed to me personally this week, being the pastor that's over connect groups, he revealed to me this. This is the church. What happened every single night for 10 days, it was planned, somewhat organized, but we allowed God to move. That is the church. That's our connect groups. Those are our connect groups. And then he told me, go and do likewise. Well, my gosh, God, I, it's, it's something for us to be in a group of 10 and do that in the moment. But how are we going to go do that likewise? Me and Randy had conversations about that. Pastor Brian and I had conversations about that. How do we go and make that happen organically? Young and old, youth, grandparents, parents of young kids, many different stages of life. How are we supposed to connect? How do we have anything in common? Well, the commonality was Jesus Christ and His Spirit. And when we allowed Him to work and to move mountains within us that week... He revealed himself in his fullness. So that is how we go and do likewise. And so that's what led me to this message this morning, which used to be called Care to Share. But I changed it to this because of Paul and Silas. After prison doors open. Often when we teach on the purpose, of life, purpose in the life of church, we speak about koinonia, which is a New Testament Greek word meaning fellowship. This week we experienced tremendous Amounts of fellowship. Christian fellowship is Christian caring. And Christian caring is Christian sharing. 
See, one of the purposes of the church is to care for others and then share with them, whether that is in form of material goods, such as we see in the example of the New Testament church in Acts 2.45, or whether it be to share the good news of Jesus. This morning, I'm going to talk about caring for the spiritual state of people that are all around us, the people we know, the people we do not know, the people that see us, but we have yet to see them, and how we should seek to, seek to share with them not only the stories of our souls, but the gospel message of salvation in Jesus Christ, and how he has lived that out each of our lives, because it is a unique story that has great impact. Sometimes these stories are not pretty. They are raw, but in all of them, they are God-honoring, God-fearing, God-exalting. So let's start by looking in Acts 16, verse 25. So if you have a Bible, turn to the book of Acts, chapter 16, verse 25. And it says this, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening. Remember, this is the point I want to make from this verse, is we all go through life. Remember how I mentioned on this, this group of 10 people in this apartment building, and we kept the windows open so we can have a cool breeze. It was blowing through, and we would pray, we would cry, we would laugh, we would even sing praises to him. As the week went on, I got to notice people listening. They would walk by the apartment building. You would think they may be going to get at the little convenience store across the street, and they had to go get something, but they had walked back by with nothing in hand. They were listening. They were seeing something in a group of people connecting that they had not witnessed or seen before. Then I think it was Thursday evening, we had a tremendous time of worship. In, his, in Spanish and in English, with no care, with no questions asked, we didn't care what we sounded like, people noticed. We all go through life. So going back to the scriptures, we see right here, we find Paul and Silas praying and singing praises to God while they were in jail. If, you, if we look back in verses 16 through 24, we find out the reasons why they were in jail. What had happened is that a slave girl who was possessed with a demon came and harassed them. So they cast out the demon. Her masters then became very upset because through the power of this demon, she was able to tell fortunes. And her masters, masters made a profit from this. When Paul and Silas destroyed their method for making money, they turned the city against them and they had them beaten with rods and then they threw Paul and Silas in jail. They were going through a really difficult time of trial. And it appears that Paul and Silas had every reason to be down. You see, they had just been beaten. And in verse 23, we read it, how they had stripes upon them. Meaning that they were bleeding and in a great amount of physical pain. They were unjustly thrown in jail. And they were probably lying on a cold, hard floor in a damp stone prison cell. They were probably only fed once a day, and, was, and the place was likely filled with rats and pestilence. Talk about experiencing the hardships of life. We all experience life. What I wish to point out from these verses is that things happen to each of us in life. We all encounter trials and difficulties. We all experience life. And we all have things that, that we try really hard to distract us from witnessing. 
or sharing our faith with people. When we go through these times, it is hard enough to praise God like Paul and Silas did, let alone share our story of our soul, share the story of our faith. All of us go through life, and life can distract us from sharing our faith with others. Whenever we are experiencing time of trials, we can sometimes become so focused on our own hardships and feelings as though we are trapped in them behind those prison bars, that we forget to look around and see that there are others who are hurting as well, like the prisoners who are all around Paul and Silas. You see, Paul and Silas were not alone in that jail. Whatever trial, whatever hardship you are going through right now, you are not alone in that prison. We all go through life, and life can distract us from witnessing and blind us to the needs of other people. It is not just trials that distract us, but it is the everyday hustle and bustle and the demands of our time. After work is over, we have to take care of the bills. We have to take care of the businesses. We have to run errands. We have to get groceries. We have to drive the kids to dance to extracurricular activities. We sometimes have to care for sick spouses. We have to care for our children. And the list goes on and on and on. And it's hard to look out and see others when we are so inwardly focused and consumed by our own world. Even though we have our own set of troubles and our own demands on time, we need to keep our eyes open to the people around us. I don't think Paul and Silas knew when they were singing praises to their Lord Jesus Christ and Savior who was listening. If we can just open our eyes, we will see that others are going through the same things too. Paul and Silas put their own needs and problems aside and they began to sing. They sang from the joy of the Lord that was in their hearts, but they also sang for another reason. In verse 25, we read that prisoners... We're listening to them. So we see that Paul and Silas also sang for the benefit of the other prisoners in order to lift their spirits and to become a witness of their own faith in God's deliverance and sovereignty in their situation. They began demonstrating caring and sharing in that moment. Each and every one of these people you see on the screen here allowed themselves to be vulnerable this week. They allowed themselves to be vulnerable and, and to share the life of Christ in the ugliness and the, in, the, in the beauty of their life. From behind the prison bars, they shared with us a glimpse of what it looked like to be in, those prisons, in that prison cell with them. But what we were able to do is rejoice and celebrate with them because God did not leave them there, which we will see later on in the Scriptures. So my question is, do we celebrate our trials within our own grace story? How many times do we celebrate our trials within our own grace story? Do we remain vulnerable for God to use us for others? Do we remain vulnerable for God to use us for others? And I will stop right here by saying we had four youth going on this trip. Pastor Brian and that youth group, if you have gray hair in here, or if you have blonde hair, black hair, blue hair, whatever kind of hair you have, there's something to be learned from the youth. They shared their prison cell moments. They shared stories of growing up without a father. They shared stories of having a father that really didn't care. And getting over the hurt and pain to even care for her father when he was on his deathbed. They shared stories from in their prison because they knew who would hear. 
And God uses those stories for us to share, not for us, but for the people that are around them to hear. We had letters written, not because they were asked to be written, because we took the time that week to hear life, to hear stories of life. And we saw from a different perspective, because we are all uniquely created by God, we saw from a different perspective of the person that was hurting may not could see And we took time to write a letter of encouragement, of beauty, of love, of comfort, because God gives us a different perspective and we were able to share that and lift up the body. God moves mountains when we stay to connect. God moves mountains when we stay to to connect. This is the church. But I won't stop there because this is just the tip of the iceberg. We continue in the story, Acts 16, verse 26, it says this. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosened. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. This past few weeks, we heard people pulling out the stories of pulling out their swords. And we had a group of nine people connect with them and say, do yourself no harm because Christ is even in that beautiful story. Which leads me to my second point. We can choose to care. We all experience life and we all have a choice to care. Do you notice what happened here? God made a way of escape for Paul and Silas. When the jailer came, were they gone? No. They hadn't moved and neither had the other prisoners. They were all still there. If we were stuck in jail and the door suddenly flung open, would we try to escape? I know I would. I think we all would. So why did Paul and Silas stay? They stayed because they chose to care. See, they made a major decision here. They, they had a choice to gain physical freedom for themselves or to help others find spiritual freedom. We have to make a conscious decision to care. Caring is a choice. And right here we see that Paul and Silas made the choice to help others find their spiritual freedom. Those who don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior and some friends of mine and yours are in spiritual prison. And it is up to us to help set them free. We help set people free when we care enough to share and they accept the message that we share. Jesus provided us with an example to follow when he declared in Luke four eighteen, He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to set liberty to those who are oppressed. See, the jailer here was not a prisoner in the jail. However, he was a spiritual prisoner. He was a spiritual captive to the laws of past sin and death. He had never been forgiven. His sins had never been forgiven by accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And because he had never been forgiven, he was destined to suffer the consequences of his sins. According to Romans 6.23, when it says the wages of our sins is spiritual death, which is equivalent 
to eternity separated from him. Paul and Silas made a choice to care enough about the others around them. Or they cared enough about a lone jailer that they stayed, made themselves available, became present in the place of their own hardship to lead someone to spiritual freedom. If the prisoners had escaped, the jailer probably would have been tortured or executed. And that's why he was attempting to take his own life. If he had died or had the chance to commit suicide, then he would have let, it would have led to hardship for his family. If he had succeeded, then he would have also left this world without knowing Jesus as his Savior. And that, that would have led to worse hardship possible as an eternity separated from God. Because Paul and Silas stayed. And because Paul called out for the jailer to stop and not harm himself, he called for a light and ran and fell down before Paul and Silas. And I see this as an act of calling out for a light as some symbolic of the calling for the light of Christ. And I see the jailer falling before Paul and Silas as coming to a place of humility and submission before the Lord, our God, Jesus Christ. See this team of people on the screens, Mexican nationals and our grace people, this body, the arms, the elbows, the ligaments, the ears, the feet, all made a choice this week to stay and to care, not for their own wants or desires, but for the spiritual freedom of those that are around them. They made a choice to listen, not to respond or react, but to understand, to love, to pray, and to show them a perspective of God and the beauty of God that the body together when we connect has the ability to do. Because we do not leave people alone in prison cells to suffer on their own. We allow Jesus to listen through us. We made ourselves available to care. We listen not to fix issues, but to pray and care, to be available. This is how we connect. This is the church. This is how we connect, and this is the church. Go on in verse 30. It says, And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in the house. And my third point is we can choose to share. We can choose to care. And then we have a choice to choose to share. If we open up our eyes and take a look around us, we will see that there are people who are hungering for the truth. Caring will open the door for us to meet people's spiritual hunger, for they will actually see that our faith, when we stay and care, is genuine. And they will ask questions. You've heard the old saying, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Remember the story of people we were seeing, and I would watch people walk by the window just watching and watching, seeing us worshiping and connecting with each other, loving each other, being with each other in their prison cells. And people would see is something that is different about those 10 individuals. What are they connecting to and whom are they connecting with? There was questions being raised. And I want to brag on Mian Bautista. She saw and recognized that throughout the week as well. She saw a young man play soccer with us. And she, right before one of our devotions on the, one evening, she went out, invited him to sit beside her, 
And even with a language barrier, she started to share the life-saving story of Jesus Christ. She chose to care. She chose to share. She chose to be in the prison with that young man. And God started to move mountains. The jailer began to ask questions just like this young man, young man did with Mian. In fact, he asked a very straightforward question of what must I do to be saved? How did Paul and Silas respond? Did they quickly change the subject because they were afraid to answer or because they felt inadequate or they were uncomfortable to share the gospel? No. They made a choice to answer his question. And in reply, they gave him a very straightforward and truthful answer. They made a choice to share, which is what we must do as well. What they shared was a gospel, and, they answer, and the answer they gave was, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. How can we be saved? Romans 10, 9-10 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the, from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. Anyone who is willing to seek the light as a jailer did, and humble themselves before the Lord, and ask for Jesus to come into their hearts will receive eternal life. We see here that even people in the jailer's household would be saved if they believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't know the final outcome of that boy that met with me and Bautista, but I guarantee you the light of Christ was revealed to him because someone took the time to care and to share. We allowed others to ask questions about Jesus, our new life in Christ. <laughs> we sang at the top of our lungs the good news of Jesus Christ through our worship without hesitation or what others would think or if we're hitting the right note or if we're singing the right words. Or if we're even singing in a language that they understand. We shared the gospel to the children, youth, and adults. We got out of our comfort zones. We did not run when we had a chance to run. We did not sit in the own privacy of our own apartment we, when we had a chance to sit in our own comfort. When the jail cells were, doors were open, we stayed in the cell with the people who needed Jesus Christ. We stayed and shared for others' sakes. This is connecting this is the church. And finally, when you look at verse 33, it says, And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. The jailer took them because he had now been transformed because someone took the time to care and to share. He is now washing their stripes. He is now a servant of our Lord Jesus Christ and washing their stripes, and he immediately, he and all his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them, and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. Connection happened. He saw Paul and Silas were willing to stay around and connect, to care, and to share, and they shared the transformational power of Jesus Christ through their own story, and the jailer was transformed, and now we see in his household what is happening Connection, the church. We want our, our connect groups here to multiply. Here's another example in the scriptures of how multiplication of connect groups works. Sharing meets other people's needs, physical and spiritual, but it also meets ours as well. Whenever we look out beyond ourselves and reach out to care and share, God delivers us from our own problems. Look what happened to Paul and Silas after they cared for the needs of others. It would have been easy for them to flee the jail, thinking this is what they needed the most. The logical choice for their well-being was to get out of jail. 
However, when they decided to place their, their others' needs first, their needs were still met. The jailer brought them out and he washed their wounds and he dressed them and brought them to his house and gave them a, a meal. Now, did the Lord take Paul and Silas afterward? Yes, he freed them. When we move ahead in verse 35 through 36, we find that the magistrates decided to release them by their own choice, or so they thought. Paul and Silas did, did not have to make a jailbreak. Everything was done according to the law. Not only did Paul and Silas win out in the end, but others helped escape the prison's cells they were in as well. As for the other prisoners around Paul, they also had the opportunity to receive Christ and be set free spiritually. This group of people you see on the screens, young and old, Mexican nationals, youth, grandparents, parents, widowed, single, all connected and made a choice to care, made a choice to share, and made a choice to put others' needs before their own. God moved mountains this week just as he did in the Paul and Silas story. God healed wounds. God took anger. God rescued 31 souls this week. God revealed his unique beauty in 10 individuals through the words of other followers of Jesus Christ. God was glorified. This is connecting. This is the church. Introduce that song, God Who Moves the Mountains, this morning. I believe that with my whole soul. When we pray unified, hand in hand with Jesus Christ in his will for something to happen, he will make it happen. But are we praying fervently? It is my prayer that we have such a connection here at Grace that we do not allow ourselves to sit in our own trials, to sit in our own jail cells, to sit in our own prisons without allowing other people to minister to us. And it may be even through the rejoicing and singing and praising. And when their jail cell opens, they do not leave and flee. They stay right beside you and willing to hold your hand and say, I'm going to walk through this with you. Ten people did that this week. And God said to me, this is connecting this is the church, and go and do likewise, and I can't do it on our own. Pastor Dave can't do it on his own. We can't do it as 10 people coming back from Mexico mission trip with the desire for that same thing to be here in our connect groups. We can't, but we can with Jesus Christ if we are united in a goal to make a choice to care, make a choice to share, and allow God to use all of our stories, whether they're raw, dirty, ugly, pretty, whatever they are, to be glorified. Is that what you want? Do you want God to move that mountain in front of you that may be time, that may be commitment, that may be expectations, that may be schedules, that may be I can't add another thing? Will you guys stand up with me? We're going to end this morning in just an in-depth time of prayer. What happens when people connect? So there's not going to be any music play. We're not going to sing praises. I want us to be united in God's spirit. We asked him earlier in the praise song, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Come flood this place. So that is what we're going to do right here, right now. I'm going to lead us in the prayer. And if you feel led, I want you to pray outwardly, out loud.
Pray for something that's going on in your life. Share something on your heart that you would like our body, our community, to walk alongside you with. I'm going to pray. If you feel led to pray, please pray. I will ask our prayer team if, to go over in the corners and uh, make yourself available for anybody that wants to come share a private prayer with you. But I want us to be engulfed by his spirit in this moment right now. Dear Lord, thank you for this time of worship. Thank you, for the, thank you for the Paul and Silas story where you revealed to us that we have a choice to make in this life that we live because we all go through trials. We all go through things that have thrown us into our own prison cells, whether it's through our own depression or whether it's through our own sin that has placed us in the, in the jail cell, whether it's through our lack of desire to have friendships or connect with other people, whatever it may be, Lord. We ask you to move mountains and to show the beauty, the fullness of Jesus Christ, of your image in your people, in your body, in our connect groups. Lord, it is my prayer that every single person in here and every single person that may walk through these doors in the future knows that they have value, knows that they have worth. And as a body called Grace Bible Church, we will not leave them in the prison cell on their own. When we have a chance to stay, care, and share, we are going to do that. Oh, Lord, move us. Move mountains. Wipe out the excuses. Wipe out our own schedules. Let's make room for you to move in our sharing to others. May our request for your spirit to be present be felt. May our request for you to move mountains be felt, be seen. May our prayers be so unified in your spirit that the rocks are heard crumbling around us. Lord, I thank you and I celebrate with you what you're about to do in the life of this community. And we give you all the praise and glory forever and ever and ever. Amen.